Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Late last night I was thinking of a love affair of mine. Pretty soon I got to drinking. What better way to pass the time? Tomorrow night is the live finale of the 23rd season of The Voice. The hit NBC show is a mainstay among singing reality competition shows on network TV. A local contestant named Kennedy Holmes from Florissant got fourth place on the show back in 2018, and Joanna Serenko from Kirkwood got ninth overall in 2020. In this current season, another St. Louis musician made it onto the show, and that's Neil Salsik. He got the attention of all four judges with his blind audition of Honky Tonk Blues by Hank Williams. Well, I left my home on the rural route. I told my pa I'm going stepping down to get the honky-tonk blues. Yeah, them honky-tonk blues. Hell, Lord, I got them. I got the honky-tonk blues. Well, I went to that St. Louis musician Neil Salsik singing Honky-Tonk Blues by Hank Williams for his blind audition for The Voice. Neil is a founding member of the St. Louis-based band, The Mighty Pines. He sings and plays guitar. And while Neil's no longer a contestant on the show, he just missed making it to the phase of competition where they go to the live performances. The whole experience with The Voice has had a profound impact on his career. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis had a chance to talk with Neil. And he first noted that country musician Blake Shelton was the first of the four judges to turn their chair around during the blind audition. Chad asked him if it was difficult to keep his composure. Yes and no, I think. Uh, it, got, it got harder and harder with every chair that turned around. And all of that was really happening in such a short amount of time, but it did feel like slow motion. Why did you select honky-tonk blues? I mean, you also sing blues, folk, and rock and roll, so kind of talk about that. Yes, uh, I love singing all genres of music. I really do. Uh, so it, I knew at some point during the show I wanted to just sing some good old-fashioned country music, and uh, you really can't go wrong with uh, those Hank Williams songs. So that's a song that excites me when I hear it, and I love taking an old scratchy recording, feeling that excitement in it, and then and showing people in 2023 how hip it is mm. and how cool it is and that's when you sing that when I sing it you know that's my goal what was it about that song that you know showcased your abilities well I I think it was that I actually sort of made my own arrangement of it you know I mean the it's not that far off from the original song but I sped up the tempo a little bit and just kind of made it my own I just gave it I guess a little bit more soul a little bit more blues than the original has he gave it a little bit more neil yeah that's right a little bit more st louis a little bit more st louis well 
you know, I know that The Voice is one of those shows where you have to submit your a video in order to even get included or even get considered on the show. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about that process and mm-hmm. what that was like for you. Yeah, that was uh, always kind of unexpected, and I never knew kind of what was next because uh, the very first audition was just a 90-second web portal that you kind of log on to, and, and there's this three, two, one go it's not even a person you're singing to it's just you know you're it's like a zoom camera basically and uh you sing acapella for 90 seconds and then it just ends and it goes thank you so much and we'll be in touch if we want you back and sure enough i would get i got an email it said you're on to the next and that was the next round was three full video performances so it just kind of went on and off and it it got it got more um complex with each round when did that happen when you submitted that video? That was uh, actually on June 22nd and I, of last year. And I remember that because the solstice was the night before. Wow. And I went out to see Dead & Company at Riverport and had entirely too much fun and <laughs> kind of uh, almost pretty much forgot about this uh, video portal the next day. And uh, yeah, I was just doing my thing the next morning, recovering from a really fun night out and remembered, oh my gosh, I have to sing in like five minutes. And so the rest is history. The rest is history. And here you are now. So what did you submit for that song? Well, that time I I wasn't really even sure what to sing. It had to be acapella and it had to be a cover. And one of my all-time favorite singers is Aaron Neville. And he has this one, I think his first hit single ever way back, like in the early sixties is, is a song called Tell It Like It Is. And that's what I sang. So I know that obviously this is a long process. You were you started it in June of last year. So overall, could you kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what it was like participating in the competition? Yeah, man, it was the adventure of a lifetime. There's there's no way around that. It was amazing. Something I'm so grateful for. It was a long journey. You know, it, I've been reflecting on it now that it's wrapping up. And that was from the end of June last year to you know, mid-May mm. of this, of 2023. And that, that was just, man, it was just, it was just a journey. There was a lot of behind the scenes work, a lot of uh, time that I was out there in LA filming most of the show mm. that people saw. And all that time, I couldn't really talk about it or share the news or anything. So for that reason, it's just unlike anything I've ever really gone through before. I want to get into that in a little bit about just how Strange it must have been mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of record something and then coming back here while we're all watching it, you know, at, at that point. Before I get to that, though, you know, had you ever watched The Voice before? Not really. Uh, I had <laughs> seen just clips, sort of Instagram clips. Uh, Joanna Serenko is is now a good friend of mine. She is a young woman from Kirkwood who, you know, when she was only like 18, uh, she was on a season right after Kennedy Holmes. Mm. Um and I, that's when I first sort of heard of the voice, and because people were talking about you gotta you gotta watch her audition, you gotta see it, and I was watching that, and I was incredibly impressed. So I would see other clips throughout the years, and I just really loved the songs that people were singing. You know, I, I assumed like, oh, I could never do the voice because I don't really know that much pop music uh, of this day and age, but the songs that I was seeing on the show were you know, the golden oldies. And I thought, all right, that's my flavor. So, I mean, not watching it before then kind of why, why did you audition for it? 
I just, you know, I was watching these these great singers sing these great songs, and I really thought, you know, I think I can do that too, and yeah. I, I want to do that. I want to, and I wanted to sing in front of people like John Legend, who I was watching mm. Joanna sing in front of, or Kelly Clarkson, or just these amazing, amazing celebrity musicians. And I just, I mean, who? Just the idea of just standing in front of them and singing was very exciting. Of course. Well, did the show go like you thought it would, or were there? Any surprises that came with it that you didn't expect? You know, I'd say most of it was always pretty surprising. You know, mm-hmm. like even the fact that I I knew that I was talented enough to make it on the show, but just the fact that I was even doing it and like living that kind of dream was, was pretty surprising. And um, it was also a different setup than I think any other voice season in terms of just the timeline of it. It was... Uh, for whatever reason, a shortened season. There weren't as many episodes. That was definitely a, a disappointment. Um, I think on other seasons, I would have had more airtime and more just chances to sing more songs, which is really the reason I wanted to go out there. Mm, I see. Well, I did want to know why you chose Blake Shelton as your coach, since you did get all four of yes. the judges to turn their chairs around. Well, there's four. there's four coaches you could potentially choose from. And uh, Blake blocked Kelly, uh, which made it, which took out, you know, an entire 25% of my choice. So that was kind of a relief, actually. Um, and then I guess I chose Blake really because I knew it was his last season. They, I had found that out in the news like a couple days before that audition. And kind of, that kind of threw my whole plan for Luke. I think I wanted to go with Kelly, but uh, obviously she was blocked. And then I just thought, man, that this is going to be crazy How, to be on Blake's last team for the the show that he's been on since day one. I could not really resist that. No, I understand. Well, you know, there was a point of the season where you sang Taking It to the Streets by the Doobie Brothers. Uh, it was actually the Doobie Brothers' first single, Michael McDonald, a St. Louis native on vocals, uh, actually came out with. So let's play a little bit of that performance. That's Neil Salsic singing Taking It to the Streets on this season of The Voice. When you sang that song, you were pitted against Grace West, who is another singer that this season. Um, your coach at the time, Blake Shelton, chose Grace West over you. C- could you take me back to that moment? I mean, how were you feeling? Wow, all these performances are honestly such a blur in retrospect. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I just remember it as kind of just these flashing white lights, truly. <laughs> Um, I felt great about that performance, you know. I mean, I knew that Grace was going to be a formidable opponent. Um, just I was I, I didn't really know her, you know. You're not really actually you may not be interacting with the contestants that much, you know, while you're preparing, especially just given certain schedules. And I Grace was kind of like new into my world once we were paired up. 
So I hadn't had a chance to hear her sing. And when I did, I thought, oh, man, she's she's just got a great voice. And that's the thing about voices. There's like you can have one great voice and another great voice and they could just be totally different and they're still great, you know. So I kind of I kind of saw that in her. I thought, well, I'm a certain vibe. She's a certain vibe. But I was definitely aware of the possibility that, you know, Blake would pick could pick her. So now Blake did pick her, but hope was not lost because mm-hmm. right as that moment happened and you were walking away, judge and singer Kelly Clarkson jumped in and she was able to save you. So could you talk a little bit about how that worked? Yeah. Um, you know, there's only so many saves uh, that are allocated in the show. And I'm very grateful that Kelly saved me, man. I mean, that would have been a, a pretty short little run on The Voice, you know, so she gave me some more life. And I'm just I'm super grateful for that. I also kind of I knew my performance was really good. And so I just had a feeling that someone was one of the coaches were going to save me. You know, I just I knew because they'd all had a lot of great, great praise for me during my previous performances. That was another cool part of the show, just not to just have your your one coach that you're singing for, but just to sing in front of the other ones that you, you're not you're not on their team. They're not trying to coach you. They're just enjoying what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I felt a lot of love from them. Well, you were kicked off the show right before the live performances started. Was it weird to have to keep a lot of this season a secret from others who had no idea what was happening? Yes. Probably the weirdest thing uh, of my professional life ever, you know, because this was the biggest thing of my professional life that I've ever done. And I had to just, like, not say anything about it. It was trippy. There was almost times where I would, like, be walking around St. Louis and almost forget that I had done this thing, you know, at least up until the show premiered. That was certainly true. And uh, once it did premiere and people saw my four chair turn and all this excitement was in the air, I already knew that I was, you know, off the show that whole time. So that was totally bizarre. And I'm really glad that I don't have to, you know, pretend anymore. (laughs) Now it's all out there. Now we we all know. Well, you know, we don't have to linger on this for too long, but could you kind of take us back to that moment then Mm -hmm. when you were eliminated? Because, you know, what what was going through your head at at that exact time? Well, it was down to the wire. You know, I really felt like I had a chance to move on. Um, But as I was explaining earlier, this season was such an abrupt cut from 20 people to eight people for the live performances. And usually it like takes a lot longer than there. So I kind of knew that it was possible for me to move on, but I also knew, well, there's five of us on Team Kelly right now, and there's five amazing, amazing singers. Like it could almost be any any two of us, you know? So I, I really didn't know what was gonna happen until the last moment. And, you know, it was, um, it was a disappointment, but not not a not a defeat or not and not anything crushing. You know, it was just it just happened in the moment, and and I was prepared for that if it did happen, and it did. So just kind of walked off stage, and you know, from that moment, all the uh, fanfare of the show, at least on set, is kind of over. You like you walk off, they put you in a van, you're back at the hotel, and you have your plane ticket and your email, and I was home the next morning. St. Louis musician Neil Salsig talking with Chad Davis. Neil was a contestant on this season of NBC's show, The Voice. More of this conversation in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. Let's return to St. Louis Public Radio reporter Chad Davis's conversation with Neil Salsik. Neil is a St. Louis musician who is on this season of NBC's reality singing competition, The Voice. Neil did well on the show, but didn't quite make the cut to the live performances. The finale of the season is tomorrow. Here's Chad. Let's pivot to the Mighty Pines. That's a local band that you founded in 2012 and that you sing and play guitar for. Here's one of the band's songs. This is called Late Last Night. Late last night I was thinking Of a love affair of mine Pretty soon I got to drinking What better way to pass the time That's St. Louis-based band The Mighty Pines with Late Last Night, the title track off their 2020 album. So compared to your 2017 album, this music, at least to me, sounds a little bit more upbeat. Uh, I wanted to know if that's accurate and what went into putting together your most recent album. Yeah, it it's certainly, you know, upbeat. It's a lot more than that, too. It's just more, it's more us. It's more diverse, that's for sure, in our sounds. But it does ha- it does still come together as a cohesive album you know that's the that's what you have to make sure you're and achieve i think if you're a band like the mighty pines which is being excited and influenced by so many different sounds but putting them together in a way that still doesn't feel like all over the place you know and i think we did that with this album you you talked about sound and diversity of sounds could you kind of describe that a little bit i mean mm-hmm. how would you describe the sound of of the group yeah, I always describe the sound of the group as rock and roll, but I stand behind that because if you actually study rock and roll and all, in all of its different forms throughout the decades, it is uh, a diverse mix of sounds. It really, really is. And um, but at the end of the day, it, it, it all dr- it kind of rock and roll comes from what we would call American roots music, I think, and that is where our music comes from too. Um, and that's what that goes back to that Hank Williams comment I made earlier, which is just like taking some something from roots music or something quote old, but finding that sort of kernel within it that that uh, keeps it alive throughout the years and like making that new again mm. for for listeners in 2023. And and I really believe that's what the Mighty Pines do with our sound. Well, let's take it back a little bit. You know, I would love to know how you even got started on your musical journey. I mean, when was that and and how did that even happen? Well, um, just a kid growing up that just loved music. And uh, other kids had like toys or things that their parents would 
take away from them to punt, you know, if they're in timeout, like, you know, no more TV, no more video games. For me, it was um, a Walkman that I was obsessed <laughs> with. And like, if I got in trouble, my mom would take that Walkman away and I couldn't listen to tapes anymore. And I would just, I would be beside myself. So that's the kind of kid I was growing up. And I just, I just soaked in all this music for a long, 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 long time. And, uh, Came back to St. Louis after college, had never really uh, done anything serious with music and spent the last 10 years just uh, in the school of hard knocks, you know, learning mm. uh, learning how to play by, by just playing, meeting great musicians, playing with better musicians, playing all over the city, playing all over the country, and just kind of learning that way. It's three other members of the Mighty Pines. How did you even form the band? Well, um, the bass player, John, and I were classmates at St. Louis U High, so we met each other there. I went to Truman State University, where I met Gerard Erker, um, another bandmate, and John ended up at Truman. So the roots of the band definitely started in in beautiful Northeast Missouri at at Truman State. And we all came back to St. Louis and, and formed... Uh, you know, what became the Mighty Pines. We met our drummer, Mike, uh, who is an amazingly talented guy who had been studying at Webster University. And we just, I don't know, man, I, do you call that fate? I don't know. We, we just <laughs> we just came together and all four of us really wanted to make a life doing this, you know, no matter what, I think. We were all excited about music and we just knew that was the best way to spend our days, so... How did they feel about you being on The Voice? They're watching from home. You're out there on The Voice. Yeah, they were incredibly excited for me, which I'm so happy about. Uh, it, it meant so much to me to feel their support and excitement. Um, and they knew that it would uh, just just be – They we're all friends too. So they were just happy for me as friends and excited for me as my friend. But also as bandmates, they, they knew that this would be a big uh, opportunity for the band and, and bring some good – spotlight on the band and it has done that obviously you talked a little bit about the influences that kind of inspired the song selections on the voice but who are the artists that really kind of stood out to the the band and kind of influenced the Mm -hmm. sound that you all have propelled forward yeah that list is uh a whole other segment probably but uh (laughs) if i you know to make it to make it short we we started being really influenced by uh bluegrass music um we just in, in college, we were listening to a lot of jam bands, and, and that that's a there's like a subset of that genre where it's like bluegrass jam bands, and it's just amazing stuff, amazing synthesis of 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 genres, and, and once again making kind of old music new again and really fresh, and that was a huge huge part of our f- formation. As the years progressed, I think we all wanted to express something else with our music too and that's what that's why I call us rock and roll cuz we're, st- we're 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 we present acoustically but we play electrically that's one thing mm. i've been saying you know even if we play acoustic instruments we have that energy of electricity in our band and um, yeah there's just so many so many influences that we honestly proudly wear on our sleeves and and we that's like an ongoing journey too that's unfolding man if we talk again in a couple of years there will be totally 
fresh influences mm. on the band and new songs. You know, I have no idea where it's going to go. Well, what comes next for you all? I mean, touring, new music. Talk a little bit about those next Yes. Uh, business is booming right now because of this <laughs> whole voice situation, which is great. Um, we can barely keep up with all the offers that we're getting, and we're very grateful for all this great work. Uh, we have – we're not doing as much touring. We'd like to get back to that, but you got to build a team first. And we, we had spent many years building a team that – uh, the storm of COVID sort of uh, separated or blew apart. Mm-hmm. So um, the music industry is is actually still emerging from the pandemic, even though, you know, it does feel like we're getting some distance from there. In the scheme of things, it, it really did just happen. So for the meantime, we've got some amazing gigs in the St. Louis area and, and, and regionally this whole summer, including um, the, the next one will be the summer solstice, at the Missouri Botanical Gardens for the Whitaker oh, wow. Music Festival. Yes. And isn't that cool? We booked that gig. That was just the, the best open date that we had. And, and weeks later, I, I realized, oh, my gosh, that's the summer solstice. So what a, it's going to be an amazing night. And um, I know a lot of St. Louis will be there. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you know, how do you even select the offers now that I'm sure are coming through because of the, the voice as well? Uh, how do you select the different offers and such and decide what to say yes to? Yeah, that uh, comes down to mostly uh, money, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, money talks. So there's there's a certain price that will get us uh, out of the house and to the gig. But it's got to be more than that. It, it, it's a mix of, um, of just – we love – having a great mix of gigs. And, and that's why I like, for example, the Whitaker Festival is really great because so many uh, concerts really take place on the weekends late at night. This is on a Wednesday night starting at 7 o'clock, outside, mm. free, family-friendly. Like that's important element to have. And then there's going to also be uh, music at the intersection, which is in September, something that we are so excited to be a part of, so mm. honored to be asked to be a part of it. Um and that's going to be a, an amazing high energy festival experience, right? And uh, you know, there's there's even more types of gigs that we'll play all all year, really. So we just we want to see, we want to experience personally a mix of gigs, but we also want to give that to our fans. Of course. Well, what do you want people to take away from your time on The Voice and your music career so far? I want people to be proud of St. Louis, you know, that that was the most meaningful part of this experience for me and the, one of the most surprising, just seeing and, and hearing from people how proud they were and how how my performances, how, how that made them feel proud of themselves and their community. Like, like man, I, that just moves me to no end and is something a lot bigger than what I originally thought. Um, you know, I want people to be proud of St. Louis. I want people to be proud of the music here. I want people to be proud of the music history here. And I want people to feel excited about what's happening right now and what is going to happen because there is something in the water here. There always has been, but there's something happening right now like um, embers of a of a fire or something that is just like – it's start you can watch it and you just know something's about to like catch flame i can really feel that here so i think it's going to be a really exciting couple years in st louis for music that's neil salsic talking with st louis public radio's chad davis neil is a founding member of and singer guitarist for the st louis band the mighty pines 
Neil Salsik was a contestant on this season of NBC's singing reality show, The Voice, the finale of which is tomorrow. And let's go out of the show with another track of the Mighty Pines 2020 album called Time Slows Down. When you're a child and you're walking down the street, you know your mama's gonna hold your hand. And if you fall and scrape up your knees, she'll be there to help you up. And we're gonna get by with a little help from your friends. And we're gonna try to make it through the end. And we're gonna cry when you look up at mom. But you gotta climb when time. You can read more about the band and see their upcoming show dates for the St. Louis area at themightypines.com. And we'll also have a link to that on our website at stlonair.show. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.